Hello, welcome back. It is week 99. It's the Wayne Gretzky episode of Out on That Line. I'm Jeff with my co-host, Alex. Alex, how are you doing this week, buddy? I'm feeling a little bit like the great one today. You know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and we're here to shoot our shot, baby. That's that's what we do. That's what we do every time, every day on this podcast. And we have some some big news, Alex. We've been kind of touching on this. You know, I'm not going to even say here and there. We've been talking about it all the time, every single episode. We finally hit over 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube and it's not even like we hit a thousand and one. We're sitting pretty at like one thousand thirty-four. Mm-hmm. I'm doing little Trump hand gestures over here. I can't stop. Everyone's <laughs> like, "Why are you doing Trump all the time?" I'm like, I'm not, I don't mean to. <laughs> no, he's he's doing Koch all the time. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Great hand gestures. I looked at them. I said, "Wow, those are great hand gestures." <laughs> if only my hands were as big. Yeah, <laughs> I do have huge paws, but that. <laughs> Is not germane to the conversation, which is we didn't just pass 1,000. We blew past 1,000 comfortably into mm-hmm. the YouTube partnership program. We made it. This is a big time, we, baby. We did it. I mean, this was kind of not the goal. Obviously, we want to continue to, to grow this thing, but it was a big step. Like, it is the main first goal that you go for when you're on that site. And I think, obviously, we have a huge thanks to give out. To the folks down under. I mean, these the past couple months have been exactly what got us here. Um, so we've really enjoyed doing all that. Doing the reaction videos is so goddamn fun. Um, I still love talking about the albums like we're going to talk about today. But it's just, I'm having a blast on there. Oh, absolutely. I've seen so much John Farnham power haircut style. Oh, yes. Changed my life. Yes. that And that I wish. I wish I could have that haircut. Dude, feathered and lethal. Yeah, <laughs> lethal indeed. That's almost illegal. Oh, for sure. Lot yeah. of lot of babies born nine months after a John. Yeah. Well, concert. they said that he wanted to stay in Australia, you know, for family. He just didn't want to leave Australia. But I think they just have different laws. Like having hair like that is too good. You get arrested for that up here. Yeah. That's why he didn't come. You can't leave the country with a no. flow like that. No. <laughs> Never let country. you back in. Yeah. Well, thank you, folks. We're going to keep doing it on YouTube. We're going to keep doing, you know, so keep requesting things, put it in the comments, subscribe if you haven't already. Let's get to the album that we're talking about. So we decided because starting tomorrow, we're recording on Wednesday, is my bachelor party. We're all going to be getting together and we needed to do something easy for this one. And what better thing to do than an album that we're both very familiar with and we chose Deer Tick and the album Born on Flag Day. Um, this was one, I think this was the first one that I really got into Deer Tick with. There was a couple songs from other albums, but this was the main first album that I really like dug into with them. Um, and I remember so many times you and I here in Texas, and I think we started listening to it beforehand, but that living room in Texas on Thaxton Road. And if you live at 8058 Thaxton Road, we need the dimensions to that closet. Please. <laughs> we'll explain later. Listening to that album, there's so many albums that I just like had such a good time listening to, but that was one of the big ones in that living room, in that house. Like it just was a great experience in a great year. 
I have distinct memories of that. I have distinct memories of listening to uh, Super Tramp Breakfast in America coming oh, home from the bars. Oh, oh, yes. And I remember when uh, Sturgill Simpson Sailor's Guide to Earth came out, you picked that up, and we were making fajitas, and we dragged the speakers out into oh, the yes. lawn so we could have fajitas and Sturgill. Big, big vinyl times at old yeah. 8058 Thaxton. Shout yeah. out to whoever currently lives there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they still have the pictures of how the house was when you look it up on Zillow with our, like, how we had it. No way. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> that place rocked. A, yeah, you want to take a trip down memory lane. Oh, all the time. That place rocked. <laughs> but that, the, but like, yeah, no, the deer tick experience was one of those great memories from living mm-hmm. down there in that house that year. And did you get all of us into deer tick? Like me and Tanner and I, so I think I like liked it and had listened to it. But to be honest with you, I think Dante was oh. the, the deer tick OG in the group. Very interesting. Yes. And he, he had sent me the divine Providence album for my birthday one year on vinyl. I still got that one. That's a sick album too. Um, but I think, if I'm if I remember it right, I think the credit goes to Dante for being the one that like maybe I mentioned that I liked a song and I maybe it was ashamed I want to say, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Well, if you like that," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Wow, Dante, him and his new baby, shout out. Um, that tracks Dante with his like low key impeccable taste in music. If you're on and, Spotify, look up the album, the playlist, What Hath God Wrought. He has like 900 songs on it, and they're yep. all bangers. Yep. Sounds right. So, um, and I th- the thing is, I got into Deer Tick, and I, I it's kind of like last week with Always, where you were like, uh, you, you were saying that I was a little more well-versed mm-hmm. in Always than I think you were. I think it's the flip this time. I think you're probably the bigger mm-hmm. Deer Tick guy. It really kind of is this album and one song in particular that I guess we'll get to throughout the conversation. Um, but I kind of came into this at a time in my life where I was finally starting to accept country music mm-hmm. in a broader sense into my heart. Because it wasn't Froggy 100.9 from back <laughs> yeah, home. God. Tan lines and tailgates. Shook them up. Trash. Big time trash. trash. Like that was country music to me. And I know a lot of people can relate. And then you guys kind of you and Reno and Dante mm-hmm. mixed in a lot of stuff that I guess a broader term would be like country revivalist. Because yeah. It borrows a yeah. lot from the Nashville sound, but also outlaw country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some Americana. I know Tyler Childers hates that, but there's some Americana, some folk, mm-hmm. um, and really kind of broaden the genre for me. And Deer Tick was uh, a big piece of that. Yes. And they, and that's one thing I think, I think is the reason I like this album the best out of all the ones that, that they've really, and they have some fucking banger albums. I mean, just about every single one is like back to back hits nonstop. Um, but for me, this one had a lot of kind of country in it, you know, and, and I think specifically, you know, there's a couple songs that specifically, I think, do that more than others. Um, a song about a man, mm-hmm. big time. I mean, it's just at anytime you get uh, like a pedal steel guitar on a song like that is a quintessential country sound, you know, just like a, a banjo, you know, you're listening to bluegrass. You know what I mean? It's like it's very much. It's a sound that defines, helps define the music that it it's played in. Um, 
for me. So it, that's, I think, where you get the benefit of if you weren't into country before. This one is like a great introductory drug. And the thing is, this is at least what I found about country, country revivalism, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to say country because it's easier. Mm -hmm. But what I found about country and everything that it encompasses is a very crowded genre with wide boundaries, which makes Mm -hmm. it very hard to stand out. There's a lot you can do, but then we get into that question of like, how far are you straying versus, you know, how far do you get being formulaic? But Mm -hmm. again, crowded genre with wide boundaries, hard to be head and shoulders above people. You really have to steer into your authentic voice. It's the contenders versus the pretenders. And I would say uh, Turnpike Troubadours, Contender, um, Mm -hmm. Devil Makes Three, Mm -hmm. Joe Puck, Nation of Heat. That is an incredible song. I do my father's drugs. Oh, incredible. Oh, baby. We should do like a a folk like singer songwriter episode sometime. 100%. Yes. Um, And a more recent discovery for me, Lost Dog Street Band, Mm -hmm. uh, Benjamin Todd, like uh, unbelievable songwriter. Using again, the song using again, Mm -hmm. like drawn from such a vivid experience and put in such an elegant way. Like uh, one thing I've, I've noticed in looking at like, reviews and stuff of this. I wanted to see what other people back in the day mm-hmm. had to say about Born on Flag Day. A lot of people were sour on it. Yes. And there were a lot of comparisons to like, oh, he thinks he's John Prine. And as little as I know about John Prine, I'm still kind of loath to assign that to anyone. Mm-hmm. But I would say Lost Dog Street Band is where, like, that's as close you're going to get to John Prine without your eyes getting wet. Mm-hmm. But these are the people that stand out amongst the crowd. And I think Deer Tick while in a lot of ways playing things safe, manages to poke its head up, especially because they're a country band from Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. And you know? I think I think it's, I don't know if it's totally accurate to call them a country band. You know, I True. think they play country songs, you know, here and there. But I think they're just, they're a rock and roll band. I mean, and, and I think there's a lot of points like on Easy, the first song. I mean, the way that the, the chorus goes, it's just like all of a sudden just like, Bam, it drops into this like heavy guitar riff. It's really, really good. And it's just a straight up rock song. But then you have songs like Stung and they it's almost like a doo-wop, like a almost like a Motown kind of feel to that or a soul kind of feel. Um, they they vary a lot. I think there's roots in blues, country, and rock and roll throughout all the music, but it's just, I think, and, and I don't, I mean, I wouldn't compare him to John Prine either. His John, John McCauley is the the lead singer of the band. His lyrics are fantastic. John Prine is one of the greatest treasures we've ever had in, in the world. I mean, as far as lyricists go and, and musicality, like John Prine was phenomenal. Like the fact that he's not as popular and well-known as Bob Dylan is crazy to me. Like he's that good. I wouldn't put John McCauley at that level, but Deer Tick also rocks a lot harder than, than John Prine ever did. You know, so I think it's you kind of trade off what you really want out of the music. This to me, Deer Tick, kind of the perfect balance of some snarl, some aggression, and some very thoughtful, introspective like lyrics. I will agree with you. The lyrics are the high point of the project, which isn't a, mm-hmm. a diss on the music. 
like you said, there are a lot of influence. There's weirdly a lot of like 60s pop and like 60s Britpop mm-hmm. DNA running through this um, in like very unexpected places. And those are the songs that to me, I think, are the most successful because they don't get pigeonholed in country mm-hmm. and it kind of keeps the album feeling fresh. And the other thing is when Joe McCauley's not trying so hard for like big imagery and he's just being conversational and honest and intimate mm-hmm. those are the best lyrics like the lyrics on yes. smith hill Woo! Ooh, beautiful but the chorus on smith hill mm. like that is when they have the strings going yes. in the background and i think the reason that i when you texted and said let's try a you know kind of updated format and <gasps> New format for the show. Oh. Breaking news. So we're trying a newer format for the show where we're just going to talk about the album more in like broader terms. So instead of like having three songs each that we picked, we're just kind of picking songs that we need to help and support the points that we're making about whatever album that we're talking about. So far, I think it's going pretty well. So far, so good. I think like sometimes the song picks on like newer stuff, especially provide some structure. But we just wanted to try this out. Yes. And so back to your regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the reasons that we decided to go with that new format is and why I heartily agreed is because Smith Hill is for me. I mean, there's this album is full of great songs, but Smith Hill is the only song in this album that will stop you in your tracks big time you know i think that's i think this one is the way it just hits that chorus the things that the chorus says i'm just going to read it just just for the people and because i wanted to pick this song i knew you were absolutely going to want to pick this song so i was like i don't want to pick it and take it from him but i also want to be the one to pick it so i was like this is this works way better because we're going to talk about it anyway um so oh love it's hard to hide it true love it's hard to find it Though I was once beside it, I've fallen far behind it. So simple, right? But it almost like so was a lot of stuff Shakespeare wrote. And now, you know, I'm not saying John McCauley is Shakespeare, but it's like the ability to use that simplicity, but to that is deep. You know, that's telling an entire story in four lines. You know, that is hard to do. And the way that the music matches the level of that wording. It's perfect. And what's really nice about it is, like you said, it's simple, but that simplicity is coming on the heels of like a very stream of consciousness, verbose verse. I mean, I, I have an excerpt here. It's a little long, but I think it adds wonderful context. to the Let chorus. it rip, baby. We got Let time. it rip. Elbows on the windowsill, my head against the pane. You've seen so many grow and die, but you forgot most of their names. So I fire that arrow into the great big sky and hope that it never comes down. Unless you're coming with it, it's better with you around. I could drink myself to death tonight, or I could stand and give a toast. To those who made it out alive, it's you I'll miss the most. But tonight I'll see my sweetheart, I got a $50 bill, etc., etc. But, like, it's all like vivid injury especially i fire that arrow into the great big sky and hope that it never comes down you see that and there's a very specific reason like this song i would say is cinematic in scope and it's no coincidence Mm -hmm. that in grad school i had it on my screenplay inspiration playlist where if i was writing something and i'm like "Ah, i kind of want to like get more in touch with the emotion of the scene Mm -hmm. 
I'd get in there and listen to specific music. I walked around Boston in the rain listening to Smith Hill more times than I can count while I was working on a certain project where like mm-hmm. in if I got my way and this got made, this song was going to end the movie. You can only end it on this sentiment. No other song will do. I dare say I wouldn't mm-hmm. even make the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Try not to swear because now we're making money. <laughs> I don't even make the damn thing if I can't have that song. <laughs> Try to be advertiser friendly. We'll we'll bleep them out. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, Bluetooth's not going to want to advertise on this show if I'm being a potty mouth. It's almost funnier when you beep it out anyway. Yeah, true. Last week when I let yeah. like nine riddle. <laughs> Dude, it's fantastic. And we're far enough in. We're like 20 minutes in. Yeah, it's we're fine. Good. It's we're all perfectly good. legal. Yeah, it, it just, I don't know. This song, maybe you just don't like it because also we have to mention John McCauley has a very specific tone to his voice he sure fucking does <laughs> you know um i don't i can't really describe to you it's like it doesn't sound like um tom waits but it's in that same kind of vein where it's like it's it's unique it's its own its own kind of thing but he knows how to wield that thing like a fucking chainsaw sometimes in this song he does it he's so good at doing those like really soft deep lyrics like ashamed to me, one of the best written songs of all time. One of the most, like, it's not a, a proper structure, um, but it's just, when you listen to it, it's like, you can't, it's one of those ones, again, that just stops you. Deer Tick does that to me so much. That's why I've always loved them, is because I can tell how authentic they are. We always talk about that word. His voice is definitely authentic, is a great adjective for that as well, because if he could sound different, I'm sure he would. But it's just like, these are the feelings that are coming out. This is the voice he was given. And he just, it's its so perfect. And Smith Hill, I think, is the like absolute pinnacle of what they ever did as a band. Oh, totally. And I yeah. think this is an instance where you kind of got to cut his vocals with the music around it. It should yes. be competing with his voice because he sounds like Fran Drescher being murdered with an auger. Oh, that's like, good. Uh, like, it's... <laughs> hard to replicate but it's it's a cool voice it's not an especially beautiful or pleasant one it's more of a tool or an instrument yes. than it is necessarily like a, a part of him um but again like you said wields it to great effect but on a song like smith hill when you have these things that don't really appear on the rest of the album too like the lush like the strings the orchestral element to it mm-hmm. it kind of rises up and smooths a couple of those edges on the voice makes it a little more palatable yes and they like, have the the other guys in the band are like very good backup singers too they are yes they are i will say the lady that is singing on friday the 13th backing him up on that real bad yeah, yeah. it came it, out it, bad well it just her i feel like her voice was not mixed well into the song you know what i mean i think it was well there was that but i mean so was he sometimes like i don't think that was as much of a drawback it was just like you could hardly hear it didn't like punch through the sound at all you know that was my that was my big issue because he has a voice that's like like i said like a buzzsaw yeah you know and and she just has a very pleasant voice but it just didn't like cut through the mix like like his does it was almost like in like Captain Beefheart lore, when they recorded Trout Mask Replica, I think mm-hmm. I brought up, they all recorded in different rooms of a house with like janky equipment. And I got kind of that vibe here. And some of that, some of the like 
DIY lo-fi elements to this mm-hmm. are really charming. There are moments on this album that are downright sloppy, where they're hitting sour notes and things are not mixed well, like skidding mm-hmm. on the harmonica or hitting a sour harmony, but it works because it feels real. It feels lived in. And like if you want to do like, oh, authenticity is a dirty word, as we often say, your mileage may vary, but I, I take a positive look at authenticity, which is you're not trying to make it something it's not. So it's not in a hipster sense like like authenticity, if you want to use it in a negative way, is trying to be something you're not. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, oh, it needs to be authentic Italian. So I'll make it like someone else's Nona would make. But if it's truly authentic, it's whatever crazy way your Nona taught you to make it. Mm-hmm. So this is a very authentic album in that regard because there's no pretense. There's no, I should be this. It's, this is what I am. So a lot of the charm comes from how like sloppy this is in a lot of places. Yes. And I will say that Deer Tick live as well, because you've seen them live, right? You got to recently. No. I thought thought there was, maybe it was Brandon. I don't know. I I feel like somebody texted me recently that they had seen them. Um, I've only been able to see them once, but it was at Mohawk here in Austin, which is a fantastic venue. Um, but they just, they fucking crushed it, man. They were, they were so good. Um, and they definitely got hammered by the end of it. Like those guys oh, definitely, sure. those guys definitely party. Um, but they just, every, they were so tight. And I say that when you listen to this album, like there's a lot of things that do sound very like, we're just getting off the rails here, fellas. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't sound like it maybe should or how you think it you know, would be if it was a perfect song, I guess. Um, but I think, again, what you're saying, that's part of the charm. You know, that's part of it. You know, you know, this is people that are just like, we're going to rip this. We're going to rip this up. We're going to get it out there. And that's it. Like, we're not going to think we're not going to overthink this. Hey, this sounds good. This sounds good. Like, let's do it. We'll put these lyrics on it. You know, I think that's their strength is that they can just snap those things off. Like there's so much variety on this album as far as like the different types of songs. Like you have Smith Hill, you have Straight Into a Storm, which is straight up just a blues song. You know, you have Houston, Texas, which is, you know, similar to something like a Hayes Carl Mm. would write, you know, so it's like you have these things that sound so authentic in each genre that they are that you might be led to believe that they're just trying to like pick and choose and pluck things that, that they think are going to make them popular or whatever. But I think it's, they're just plucking and picking and choosing things that they love. And like, however the song comes out sounding is how it comes out sounding. And you can tell the difference because we've got one exception that proves the rule. I'm going to ding them on one thing Mm -hmm. and it's a shame because it's the hidden track. It's a cover of Goodnight Irene. Yes. And it's a pretty ham-fisted little inclusion because you talk about authenticity. Authenticity with a hidden track, something like a lo-fi version of Goodnight Irene is we left the tape rolling. Someone started doing it. We're all drinking because you hear bottles clink and there's like mm-hmm. girls in the background. Authentic is the tape was still rolling and we all just jumped into it and realized, oh shit, we had that. Let's include that as a little hidden track tidbit. Mm-hmm. This felt planned. Yes. And I could tell that they were like, wouldn't it be cool if we did a hidden track and it was Goodnight Irene and oh, like, you know, man, where you have bottles clinking and girls in the background. Mm-hmm. Everything about 
the hidden track felt planned. And I will forgive that because it's like a tiny blip on a really great album. But it does serve to underscore like, wow, the rest of this is coming straight from the heart. This felt forced. So on the most part, they're, you know, nine and a half times out of ten, they're right in the pocket. That That's... I think that's I think that's a fair criticism because you know what I do when I listen to Stung is I don't wait for the rest of it is I just skip to the next song whatever I'm listening to. Yep, next album. Because <laughs> Stung is excellent. Like Stung that is great. Itself is fantastic. Um, you know, like every other song on this is you know I think the only two that I really I'm not even gonna pick any that I say I don't like less. I guess well I guess I will. Little White Lies not crazy about it, but. You know, for me, like, there's so much good songwriting. There's so much good music, so much, like, just fantastic energy. It's, I love this album so goddamn much, and I always will. You talk about great songwriting. Um, Another song that you had mentioned in Brief Houston, Texas, that to me, again, is is an instance of, like, not quite hitting the mark in a way that makes the song way more interesting because you can tell that he's lyrically reaching for like a Steve Earle kind of profundity Mm -hmm. and he comes up short. But when you're aiming for something like Steve Earle, you're going to fall in a very interesting place no matter what you do. Yeah. Unless you just totally eat your balls, which they don't do on Houston, Texas. I, I, you can tell what the inspiration was and you don't quite match that level but it nudged them in a very interesting direction lyrically. So it is one of the, I almost said more better. It's one of the more better songs on the (laughs) album. Well, that's what you'd say if you were from Houston, Texas. Sure, sure. (laughs) So that, I mean, Houston, Texas, one of my favorite songs on the album. I think just the way it opens, I'll walk with the moon tonight and cut through the air with a curse like a knife. And it can float around and I can do what I like. There's no good place in town, but I feel all right. It's just, I feel like it's this attitude. You know, it's this guy like, I, I imagine almost like the Fonzie, like, hey, I'm walking here, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. And the chorus, how the melody of the chorus, I just love it on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's just go listen to this song if you haven't listened to this album before, folks, and go listen to Houston, Texas, because it's just like, such a happy sounding song when you listen to the lyrics it's just like this guy is just seeing the world in a way that is probably not healthy yeah there's a lot of like degradation and self-hatred and kind of uh he's pretty disgruntled on this album Mm -hmm. um but in a way that works it doesn't get bogged down like i'll always go back and beat up on that Haley. uh yeah it was Haley williams right Mm mm-hmm yeah, like just that like level of self pity. It's like all due respect to what you went through. You got, you gotta give us more than this. Yes. Um. So it's definitely like hardcore loathing in this, but never to a point where it like really starts to test your patience. I think it would have if he carried those themes onto subsequent albums to an unhealthy degree. But in terms of this, it it sits perfectly. Yes, and that's this one to me is kind of more indicative of where they ended up going musically like after this album um like the two like the volume one and volume two deer tick albums they came out with i think that had to have been what 2017 or 18 yeah 17 i don't know yeah um so that those i love those those albums too they did like an electric rock album and then like just an acoustic more 
like their older stuff, but the melody that they do on the chorus on Houston, Texas is like very reminiscent of things that they did on those, on those albums. Um, and it's just, I don't know this, I can just go through every, we could just go through every single song and I'll tell you something I love about it. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous for this album. It is. It's an old reliable. And I don't know how much more you want to say. I don't have much more to say. Um, cause we talked about kind of keeping this one on the shorter end. If you have mm-hmm. more, I'm not going to cut you off. Um, but if you do feel like you've hit a good stopping point, I do have some words from friend of the show, Tanner. Yes, let's let's get into it. This is the Q and A session. Perfect, as opposed to the Q and A session. Oh, that's later. That that comes mu- that comes after we've been <laughs> yeah, demonetized. <laughs> okay, catch us on Parlor. <laughs> coming to Rumble soon. Um, this is from Tanner. Any rights. It isn't often a band opens an album with the strongest song, but that's exactly what Deer Tick did on their sophomore release, Born on Flag Day. Easy is not only the strongest song on the album, it's easily one of the best of their entire catalog. Ah! This album feels like road grit beneath your boots, highlighted by the scratchy vocals of John Joseph Macaulay III. It's Americana for a new generation, a boozy, cigarette-smoke-filled room of a record. I can hear a lot of John Prine, who they frequently cover. Tanner, obsessed with John Prine right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, get ready to listen to a lot of John Prine at your bachelor party. I'm Not that you're going to complain. I'm ready. I already do. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear a lot of John Prine, who they frequently cover, in Deer Tick, and specifically this album. Favorite song on the album? Houston, Texas. The chorus is just that damn good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left, and I am sure that it's a sign that maybe I'm about as good as gone. I know it's best that in this empty heart of mine is where I'll begin to moving on. Oh, move on. Mm -hmm. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Had the pleasure of seeing these guys twice, and it's always a blast with the crowd representing all walks of life. Jeff is the first person to show me this album slash band, so kudos to him. Wow. Yes, fun fact. John Joseph McCauley is married to Vanessa Carlton, and their wedding was officiated by Stevie Nicks. I did not know that. I didn't know the Stevie Nicks thing, but I knew he was married to her. Wow. Steamy Nicks. Unbelievable. Steamy Nicks. (laughs) Steamy Nicks just shits (laughs) a bridge. What was Vanessa Carlton? She did, was that A Thousand Miles? Was that her? Yes. And I think White Houses. I don't know that Which in many ways I preferred. Because the girls I lived with in college like played that the day we moved out, and I'm like, "Why are you being sad? Why are you I'd being never, sad?" I don't know if I know that song. Maybe I do, and I just don't know that's the name of it. Yeah, you you probably recognize it if you heard it. Yeah, I'll check it. I'll check it out immediately after this. Perfect. Maybe I'll do a reaction to that song. As you should. I'll bet you. I bet you there's a there's a nice pocket of the internet waiting for me to do a reaction to that song. Just salivating for a almost twenty year old song. <laughs> Well, I'm going to, is that all, is that all Tanner had for, for the comment there? That is all friend of the show wrote. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that him saying easy is the best song on the album. That's a bad take, Tanner. That's a bad take. Ooh, controversy. When we just sat here and told you the truth, which is that Smith Hill is the best song on this album. Yeah. I think I put Smith Hill and then Houston, Texas. Yes. Are like my top two. It's impossible to unseat those. Yes. And while I, I admire 
and how much he loves deer tick because the man certainly does mm-hmm. you know we just we're i'm gonna beat him up over that easy take tanner it, it takes a lot of guts to be wrong the way you've chosen to be wrong today <laughs> yeah. so good on you kids <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. oh man yeah so i'm gonna you know folks if you haven't listened to this album if you haven't listened to deer tick like really start anywhere because they they're excellent um some highlights for me ashamed is a fantastic song um 20 miles another fantastic song not on born on flag day um both of the deer tick volume one and volume two albums wonderful but sea of clouds is probably the standout one for me on that one um, just go listen to born on flag day. Tell us what you think, you know, tell us if you think it's as good as we think it is. Tell us if you hate it, you know, tell us why you hate it. If you do, um, it's just to me, like stream it, go do it right now. Yeah. It's an obvious stream it. Um, this is a classic. We've been rocking steady to this one for years now, and it is like coming home every time you listen to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stream it. Yes. Well, folks, that does it. For this week's 99th episode of Out on That Line, the next one is going to be number 100. So don't miss that. I'm not going to say that we have something special planned because right now we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Good. But there might be. So would you want to miss that? Ask yourselves that. I wouldn't take that chance. No. I mean, I know, I, I won't even say what album we're doing, but let me just say that it's very on-brand for the two of us. It's going to be a lot to get us excited. It's the perfect way to usher in the triple digits, and you want to make sure that you are there when this happens. And the only way to be there, besides listening to it in podcast form, wherever you get your podcast, is to make sure that you are subscribed to our now infamous YouTube channel with over a 1,000 community members you want to make sure you have notifications turned on so that when we drop this big package, you are there. You are waiting for us to feed you like little baby mm-hmm. birds. We're going to just vomit it right down your throat. You don't even have to waste those precious calories chewing. No. Nope. did it for you. That's nope. what just, this show is about. Just give us a couple chirps in those comments. And until Frank Zappa. Nice. <laughs>